Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome back to the In Awe Podcast and a fresh series. What better a group to chat about and be inspired by than educators in this lovely month of September? I'm almost embarrassingly excited about launching this month's series to feature teachers. They have the power to change the world of each of our students, and therefore, they have the power to literally change the world. I am deeply honored that each one of these humble, powerful women would take a seat at this table and share their life messages with you. Some had to be more cajoled than others to let their voices ring out into this lovely world of ours, but I am so grateful that each one of them did for you. I know that this is going to be one of your favorite series, my friends. Let's all learn from these wonderful teachers. My first guest for this feature is Dr. Sam Fessich, a professor of education at Grove City College. She is an author of Edumagic, host of the Edumagic podcast, and a huge fan of pumpkin spice lattes, as she calls them, PSL. She is a mother of a two-year-old and a wife who resides in Pennsylvania. In this episode, we learn how Dr. Sam got into education and how her passions for special education and ed tech came together in the role she is currently serving. From her story, we learn how we too can lean into moments of challenge, knowing that the path that is made for us will clear up eventually if we are willing to persevere. I love chatting with Sam, and we did geek out a bit with teacher lingo. I know you will enjoy this conversation, and I am honored to amplify for you Dr. Sam Fessage's teacher story. Welcome to the In Awe podcast and our series feature on teachers. I am so excited to welcome Dr. Sam Fessage to the podcast and our feature on teachers. So welcome, Dr. Sam. Hey, thank you so much for having me today, Sarah. So our series feature around teachers is really highlighting incredible women who have been teachers, are teachers. And uh, today, listeners, we have a real treat because we have a teacher who prepares teachers. So would you provide just a little bit of context where you are in the world and what you're up to right now um, in your professional life, Dr. Sam? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I'm a professor of education in a small liberal arts school a little bit north of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania called Grove City. And there I teach pre-service teachers about educational technology and special ed. In my ed tech class, it's usually freshmen and sophomore, all different ed majors from pre-K to 12 and all the specializations in between. And in that course, we talk a lot about the Danielson framework for teaching and we weave in educational technology where it best fits in the into the different domains. Each semester, we're each semester we're looking at different ed tech tools. Now there's some that like stay the same because they're awesome, like Canva and Nearpod, um, things like that. Um, this year we started doing some Google tours, and what's really interesting with that freshman ed tech class for um, education majors is each uh, pre-service teacher is assigned a virtual cooperating teacher from around the world in a content area or grade level that that pre-service teacher would like to teach in one day once they graduate. Now, that I started doing that about three, three and a half years ago in this class, and it has really amped up the quality of the work that the students are pushing out there. And it's actually authentic to what they could be doing in their future classroom student teaching or field experience because they're not only creating stuff with ed tech because 
maybe I think it's really neat and they should learn how to use it, but they're creating it for a teacher to use in his or her his or her own classroom, and then also building their PLN and building their digital presence throughout that class. So that's a really fun class. And that has been, it's been changed and it's been, um, I like to edit it, edit it every semester a little bit to change it up, keep current with all the new tech tools and things like that. So that keeps me on my toes and I really enjoy that class. And I just started teaching this uh, this school year a intro to special education course for all education majors. Um, usually it's fresh, usually it's no sophomores in that one. And it's it's a lot of fun because in that one, we get to know all the different disability categories, understanding to see the uh, able behind the label of a student, getting to know the student first and identifying a relationship with that student and understanding ways that we can best help um, our students with special needs in our classroom be successful and independent. Um, so those are the courses that I teach. And then I also get to oversee a couple of our special ed student teachers their senior year. So it's so much fun to see them grow from freshmen to seniors in their last year at the college. And they rock it every year in their classrooms. And just to see how they grow, what they, how they bring in the pedagogy and the skills that they've learned throughout the past four years and embed that into their student teaching. It is such a beautiful thing to see. Well, you have a lot of gifts that you're giving to the world with your own passion for teaching. And I love to hear all of the excitement that you have in your voice. And I think that there's probably nothing greater than in our profession than when we're able or we can see people like you who are able to give back and build more leaders, you know, because we need those people. We need passionate people preparing our teachers for the intense um, experiences that they're going to have in the classroom and do it with such vivacious, vivacious attitude is just really fun. And I'm actually kind of chuckling as I was listening to you, thinking about my listeners who are in the same boat and thinking all of the great things that you're teaching your pre-service teachers where my ed tech class back in the early 2000s was, uh, you know, like Microsoft Word <laughs> or PowerPoint. Yeah, yeah same. <laughs> I could raise my hand with that too. Absolutely. And how much has changed in our profession and in our world and how that has created this position, you know, for you that just provides this incredible amplification and, and how cool that you've taken it to the next level to continue to serve, you know, educators right in the classroom too. That's so cool, Sam. Yeah, thank you so much. It really is a blessing to to work with the next generation of teachers. Their excitement and passion is just overflowing at times. And it's just so cool to see them, just to see them grow and learn and become amazing educators that are going to impact the world. I think for a lot of listeners that are, it depends on where you're hearing this. And of course, this is being aired in September. We're at the fresh start of a new school year and things are, you know, the the crayon boxes smell a certain way and <laughs> our, our <laughs> folders are all brand new and clean. And, uh, you know, that there's the excitement at the high school level of homecoming and all that. But it's really easy to forget that stage of our lives um, in the pre-service and the enjoyment and the joy that you got out of just envisioning being with these these students and the impact that you could potentially have. And I'm just so glad that you're here speaking this uh, for our listeners to hear it. And also that, um, you know, that you're there every day bringing this passion. So can I ask you, Sam, to share just a little bit about, you know, your own teaching journey? What got you pumped up to 
be an educator and, and just a little bit about your background that led you to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, whenever I went to college, I went to college as a, there was a pre-K six major at the time, just elementary. And I thought to myself, I'm going to be the best first grade teacher the world has ever seen. And uh, that's what I'm going to do for the rest 30, rest of the 30 years of my life. Cause I was going to retire at 50, you know, live in large. And, <laughs> and what I remember talking on the phone with my dad one day and he said, Sammy, um, are you going to check out that special ed major? I'm like, oh, dad, no, I'm not. I have it. I'm 20 years old. I have it all figured out that I don't need you. Well, I ended up signing up for it just because, you know, my dad's like, yeah, I think you should do it. You might like it and see just to see what happens. Fine. You know, the usual teenage, you know, oh, whatever, dad. So I signed up. I signed up for the major. I got into it and I ended up really liking it. But I was so naive to what special education was at the time because my because as um, as students and as educators, I think oftentimes we we go back to our, my colleague calls it our 10,000 hours of experience. And we oftentimes base our knowledge on those um, 10,000 hours of experience in our K-12 experience from, from a student perspective, not as a teacher perspective. So being able to switch your mindset from this is what I think a concept is as a student, but really understanding it as a teacher is so much more important. So as a student, what I thought special education was, was I had one experience with an individual um, with a disability and it was at my church and I did uh, vacation Bible school. So I thought that's what being a special ed teacher was. It wasn't all these other things that unfolded in front of me as a special education major uh, studying at Cal U. At at Cal U, I got experiences to um, have different learning experiences in an inner city school that did direct instruction for students with learning, uh, students in a learning support type classroom. Um, whenever I graduated, I got a job at a company called Dynavox. I think it's called to my Toby Dynavox now, um, but it's based in Pittsburgh and it creates communication devices for individuals who can't speak. I had no idea that was a thing. You know, if I just limited myself to what I thought special ed was without, you know, exploring that major, you know, listening to my dad, <laughs> I'm sure when he's listening to this, he'll be like, yep, Sammy, I'm glad you listened to me. But I wouldn't have any of those opportunities that I had, you know, after I explored that and graduated with that major. After working with Dynavox, I was able to meet my husband, which was super fun. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Um, and from there, I got my master's in special education with a specialization in augmentative and alternative communication. Uh, from Penn State. And it was an amazing experience. I got to work with adults with disabilities um, and do some tutoring there. That was a fantastic experience. Then I, you know, I got my job teaching. I was a special education teacher for four years where I worked with students with multiple disabilities. And I loved, loved that job. It was so much fun. Every day we went in and we celebrated from small um, successes to huge successes. We had students in there, um, I remember my first day teaching, I was 22, 23-ish, and I remember standing there and there's eight kids sitting in a semicircle around me. And most, some of them, I'd say five out of the eight had a personal care aide and I had a teaching assistant. So there's almost as many adults as there were kids in this class and they were all older than me. And I remember just like, okay, where's the adult in the room? Who's taking over? And I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's me. <laughs> so, you know, put on that teacher hat and we, we started with our morning meeting. And from then on, you know, we, we started into a groove and we got this excitement going. And one day I walked by this open, um, 
maintenance closet and there was a smart board. At the time, they were on wheels and that was really cool. So I wheeled it out and we started using it in the classroom. And it was so much fun seeing their excitement and their independence grow for like IEP, IEP skills such as cause and effect, um, understanding emotion, beginning literacy skills, calendar skills, those types of things. Um, and it was so much fun to see them grow and learn different ideas using the technology. And I found, oh, I'm kind of digging this ed tech stuff. So then I, I went back uh, to school online and I got my master's in ed tech, which I found special ed and ed tech they mesh beautifully because technology truly can make the impossible possible for our students uh, with um, with disabilities or, disabilities or special needs. They can open up doors we never knew existed. For example, I was teaching this. I was co-teaching one class with a colleague of mine where they were uh, learning about the solar system at the time. Bill Nye, the science guy, was cool. And I think he still is cool, but, well, that's that's debatable. But, um, but we were watching a Bill Nye, the science guy, and she goes, I want the students to be able to participate <laughs> and do something while they watch the movie, not just sit there and watch it. I'm like, that's excellent. Let's do that. And um, I think today's meet is what we use, and I don't think that's current anymore. But we were using a back channel where the classroom assistant was in the back asking questions on the back channel and students were answering them. One student who was selectively mute, he had cerebral palsy. He did not like the way his voice sounded, so he chose not to speak, but he could type. And we found that his answers to the questions about the solar system were spot on, and he was even even answering his peers' questions about the solar system. From there, he started his own blog about different moon phases and, and um, different things within the solar system. I'm not sure if he keeps up with it, but um, I just I. I just thought, wow, I don't think we would have known that if, if we wouldn't have put a computer in front of him and had him, you know, interact with it in such a way where we can, sh- we can really see and he can show what he knows on that content. So it's a really neat way to assess and learn what our students can know by asking them to show what they know in different ways, not just through a test or um, through a paper, but really allowing them to be themselves and to express themselves in a way that we can really understand and see what they know. So from there, I worked with some ed tech uh, with uh, students and teachers. And just like I found that I really dug ed tech, I really liked working with adults and working with them on their ed tech skills and how they can incorporate it into their own classrooms. So I was given the opportunity going into my fifth year of teaching to uh, go back to school and get a PhD full ride. And I just couldn't pass that up. So my husband and I moved and we did that. And that was the best thing I will never do again because it was a, it was a great experience, but I don't want to do it again. Um, and it, seriously, it was a fantastic learning experience. From there, I did research with augmented reality and students with disabilities, uh, specifically those with uh, learning disabilities and reading. And we adapted their textbook to have the characters pop out of the book, read the story to them, work on their vocabulary words. And we found that by having vocabulary words um, and embedded within the comprehension questions and within the passages of the book that it helped them um, remember the story and remember what the words meant. So that was really fun. And then once I graduated, I was bebopping online and I saw that there is an opening at an amazing institution near where my husband and I grew up. 
And I actually had to do a double take on the uh, job post because it was working with faculty and uh, pre-service teachers. I was like, holy moly, this is like my dream job. So I smashed that button. Like, I need to apply to this now. Uh, and, that, and that's where I am today. Um, my job kind of phased into working uh, full-time, being a full-time professor now. So I only work with pre-service teachers. But I, I've really enjoyed working with adults uh, regarding ed tech and how they can best um, create their online courses and what are some best practices with ed tech. So it's been an amazing experience and a great ride. And I've learned so much at each of my different places in life to push me and um, challenge me in the next phases. Well, first to go back to a couple things. One is that when we're in those teenage or early, sorry, early 20s, late teenage years, when we have a mentor or a sponsor who sees in us something that we can't see yet, what a cool thing for your dad to have that impact on your life. And, uh, you know, not that we shouldn't have our own mind, but sometimes we can't see, you know, beyond our developmental stage. <laughs> so exactly, <you> dad. right? <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> but I just love how how everything, you know your story so well and how it's all lined up. It's just really kind of beautiful to hear you tell it. It's almost poetic in that sense that both of them were able to mishmash together so well and that now your gifts are amplifying so many teachers and that has an impact on so many students uh, because so much of, you know, so much of teaching, you think it's not just in the classroom, although that is one of the most critical spaces, but what you're doing is helping to mold others. And I loved hearing you share your stories about the the students that have been directly impacted by that ed tech. And now we know that uh, technology opens the doors if we use it right for anybody to be able to communicate differently in ways that they didn't even fathom would be something that they appreciate. I know you and I share podcasting now, which is a recent adventure for both of us. And yes. just imagining that, you know, you neither one of us would have thought necessarily about that. So it just takes people and skills and the technology there to help. And I just, I love those stories about how it's open doors and how you worked for Dynavox before crossing <laughs> it too. Because I mean, I've seen that, I've seen that provide, you know, communication skills for an individual student that we never thought we could communicate both ways with. So huge, so important. That's so cool. And I'm sure anybody listening has had that. I mean, I would think has had an experience like that if they've engaged in any way with uh, technology, ed tech to work with students with special needs or any type of differentiation. It's, it's incredible how to see that evolve just in the last 10 years or so. It's just been awesome. Right. Well, thank you so much for that story. So I'd also like to know uh, a couple things about you, Sam, um, because this is a, a feature on teachers. I love that you're a published author, uh, that you've worked in the space, not only in your position, but also you've grown professionally by taking that leap. Do you want to talk about the book that you've published titled Edumagic? Yeah, absolutely. So I wrote a book uh, for pre-service teachers called Edumagic, and I wrote it in a way if I was sitting down with that 20-year-old Sammy with a cup of coffee, what would I say to her? So just some lessons learned that I wish I knew going into college. I think oftentimes we get assignments um, that we feel that we may not use ever again, or we write a lesson plan and just, you know, tuck it away or just the professor sees it. I think oftentimes we can take those learning experiences and just shake some glitter on it, throw some megapixels on it. And that's what my dad calls glitter megapixels and just amp it up a bit and really make it our own and something we're proud of to turn in. Cause heck we might use it one day. Um, 
So it talks about how students, pre-service teachers can use their college career to become an educator of excellence to hit the ground running their first year. It talks about getting them out of their comfort zone, trying to present or attend at different conferences or workshops, getting outside of their college classroom to learn and engage in the field of education, building their professional learning network. I think that is huge, especially in today's world. Administrators want to have that digital handshake with you. And what better way to do it than to have your positive professional presence pop up online through your professional Twitter, Instagram, digital portfolio, LinkedIn, all those other great fun things. And then also talks about the virtual co-op program, which I talked about earlier, about pairing up pre-service teachers with educators from around the world. And I've had educators from Canada, Turkey, uh, Spain, China, all sorts of places, and of course the U.S. And I think it's just such a neat way for them, for the pre-service teachers to learn, and then also for the practicing teachers to learn and grow as well, because they're bringing, the practicing teachers are bringing in that experience, that pedagogy, that understanding, and the pre-service teachers are bringing in some, maybe possibly some newer ed tech tools that the, that the current educators weren't aware of, and they don't have to mess around with it. They can just sign up for an account, and then they already have something to use with their students based on the content that they gave that pre-service teacher. So it really is a unique way to look at mentorship and um, raising up that next generation of teachers through through the PLN and through that digital portfolio and through using EdTech in a meaningful, authentic way. Which is really valuable. Uh, so anyone listening, you should get a copy of Magic for any of your uh, pre-service teachers, new teachers. Uh, you know, I love that you are promoting those that are projected to go into the field to get involved already and empowering them. I mean, I'm going to be straight. I never even conceived of presenting at a conference until the last calendar year of my life. And that's after over a decade and a half, because I just didn't maybe feel empowered. I was a consumer and not a creator. And I just look at the growth that that prompted in my own life. It's kind of unspeakable, to be honest, uh, to think about what I'm doing now, just from launching into saying, okay, I'm going to submit a proposal. Somebody may need to hear what I have to say and just giving a voice to people so early in their career to be able to have an impact on others is so critical. And I love, I just love that you're doing that. Way to go. Thank you. Yeah, I think oftentimes they feel, well, I don't have five years of experience. I don't even have five days of experience. (laughs) And that's okay. You still have value. You still have ideas. You still have techniques and strategies that you're learning about. And people want to hear it. And you, and I, if I could get one thing out there for the future educators or student teachers listening is that you have a voice in ed and people want and they need to hear your voice. So share it loud, share it proud, share it far, share it wide, because I think that they have an amazing message that needs to be heard. Without question. And uh, my listeners know the high value I have on that, which is a huge mission for this podcast is just, I don't care if 1000 people listen to the podcast that if one person gets the mission from the message and any voice that I amplify. And so that's just kind of a, a really great thread to what you're doing by empowering um, your those that you work with. And you're doing it in another fashion too. Would you like to share about your recent podcast? 
Yeah. So that is recent as of April. <laughs> and the mission of that podcast is to shine a light on the work that pre-service teachers are doing. And then to also offer advice, tips, and strategies from current educators and administrators to that future teacher audience. So sometimes I have solo episodes about a strategy or a tip or a technique. Other times I have pre-service teacher interviews where they share about their passions and what excites them and gets them pumped for teaching great teaching strategies and memories that they have, great teaching moments. And then I have practicing educators, administrators, higher ed people join us as well, where they're offering in advice for that uh, future teacher out there. And the advice that they give it's, it's just so, so excellent because it's, it's coming from a different, different lens than, than we can think of because um, we're all, we are all experiencing life in a different way. And I think having more people speak into the podcast and use this as a way to give someone advice, what, you know, what do you think a future teacher should know about when it comes to digital presence? They're going to come at it from a different viewpoint than someone who's, who's teaching it every day because, you know, they see it as an administrator. What are some things that they want to look for? in a positive professional presence. What are some things they, when they Google you, they're like, ooh, I don't want to say that. And, you know, and, and, you know, they can share that. And what are some ways they can rock a teaching interview or whatever it may be, wherever our conversations may lead. I think everyone offers a unique perspective and it should be, uh, it should be heard. I love it times 1 million. And I can't wait to <laughs> subscribe to that podcast, continue listening, because I think too about, you know, my as I listen, and I'm sure listeners are kind of having that same experience too. Those those that are in education can think about, you know, when they were pre-service teachers and maybe the memories are flooding. And I think about, you know, we always wish we could experience our lives maybe with the wisdom that we gain from the future person, but you can't. So hopefully what you're doing is just providing a pathway um, to open up a door for your pre-service teachers to see what's in front of them a little bit. And I always think about too, like my, my brand new baby fresh teachers uh, mixed in with some veteran teachers who are super passionate and also some veteran teachers who are struggling with their, their passion and just kind of giving maybe hints to how to overcome you know, some of the negative mindsets they may encounter and uh, just really kind of cool. I can see where that has a wide range of ap application to a wide range of listeners. So way, way to go. I can't wait for that podcast to flourish and, Thank and impact. You. So that's awesome. <laughs> so Dr. Sam Fessich, you are a fascinating lady to me. I'm so glad that I'm amplifying your story. <laughs> and I think this is, it's such a cool feature to have you on. But I also noticed a couple of things about you. Uh, you have uh, kind of a fun way of looking at life and you apparently love uh, pumpkin spice lattes psl when I, oh, heck yeah. <laughs> when I first saw that i was like uh oh there's an acronym in education that i don't know i must learn it's psl and i feel like this should be a new acronym that we teach about in teacher prep <laughs> uh, for sure right because we're right. you know we're surviving on caffeine and sugar most days but yeah, so, you know, part of amplifying your story is just kind of getting to know a little bit about your what kind of makes you tick. And so in this teacher feature series, I'm considering what would be interesting to hear about a challenge that you faced and overcome. Sure. So whenever I was applying for my PhD, I originally applied to a program in special education because I thought that is where God was calling me. I was going to be a professor of special ed. Funny things, funny how things turn out. Um, and that's what I was going to do because that was where I felt most called and most qualified. And you know what they say about God? He laughs about your plans or something like that. Well, I didn't get in and I was devastated. I thought, well, there, 
there goes the dream. I'm done with it. I, you know, you know, all that negative self-talk. And that was just a huge part of my life where I felt disheartened and just disenchanted with education. And then, you know, I call my dad up and it's just so funny how he just chimes in. And I was expecting him to say, oh, you know, it's, it's okay. Don't worry. You know, you, you, you're still a great teacher and maybe you'll get it next time. No, no, he didn't say any of that. He said, Sammy, dust yourself off. You got this. Try something else. And I was like, dad, where's, where's the pity? I want some pity. Come on, man. (laughs) And so I was like, all right. So I sat down with my husband and we talked about what gets me excited about going into the classroom every day. And yes, it is working with individuals with special needs. I truly, truly enjoyed that. And that was an amazing Mm -hmm. time in my life. But I started to see that I really enjoyed seeing specifically ed tech turn on some independence, turn on some, some freedom for those individuals to be able to express themselves and to take control of their environment. So, you know, I, I really like that ed tech and I like where it's going. I mean, at the time, smart boards were really cool. And just to see where technology was going in the next few years, um, tablets were just coming out as well, thinking through, well, how are apps going to change the change the landscape of education? And I thought, maybe, maybe I can look into something with ed tech. I don't even know if that's a thing. Well, it was a thing and it was a great thing because that's where I was able to get my PhD from. And funny thing, right now I'm a, I'm a professor and I teach special education and ed tech. So that's kind of fun. And it's just so neat because you never know the twists and turns that are going to take you to where where you need to be at the time. That's wonderful. Uh, and again, just a, a great example of kind of releasing and struggling through that and seeing the long game. I think sometimes we can forget the long game when we're trying to gain into titles. Um, I know I've experienced that in mm-hmm. my own life too. So how about mm-hmm. this? If you were to write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? <laughs> I think I I think I would I would say failure does not define you. Pick yourself up and just keep going. um, I think I'd also say something along the lines of perseverance can really uh, define your character. And life may seem mm, tumultuous at the time. Just keep pushing through. You never know what's going to come out on the other side or how it's going to change you for the best. I like that perseverance uh, because, again, it's, it's easy. We can do hard things. We tell our students they can do hard things. Sometimes we forget that lesson ourselves. So thank you for that gifting that wisdom. Mm, Yeah. So true. You might've already alluded to this, but I'm going to try it anyway. What's one lesson about being an influential woman that might inspire others who may find themselves in a pit of fear or doubt, and they need to hear Dr. Sam Fessich right now to help them out of that pit? So I would say, first, you got this. You were made to do amazing things and you, you, you can do this, whatever this is for you. You are strong. You are brave. You can do this. That helped me. I'm going for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's get some inspiring recommendations from you. So how about a person that we could follow on social media? Who, who do you think we should connect with? Absolutely. Sarah Thomas, without a doubt, you need to follow her on all the social media that she is on. She's on Twitter. She's on Instagram. She is fantastic. She is an influencer. She's an educator, um, influencer in education. (laughs) Um, She's just an amazing person that is always out there spreading positive vibes and encouragement for educators everywhere. Plus she spells her name with an H. So she's got my vote too. Sarah Thomas is great. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) She really is. Thank you so much for recommending her. Is there a podcast that you would recommend our listeners check out? Yes, absolutely. House of Ed Tech by Chris Nessie. It's fantastic. If you want to get up to date on those different ed 
tech tools and how to use them in your classroom with purpose and meaning. And then one for the new teachers out there is Teachers Need Teachers by Kim LaPre. She has amazing advice, tips, strategies for new teachers, pre-service teachers, even you veteran teachers out there. It's, it's just a encouraging and a informative it's you're always walking away with something that you can take away from that from each of her episodes that you can implement um, the next day so i love listening to kim she's fantastic awesome we will make sure to link both of those in the show notes and thank you for you know it's kind of cool that it's a person who's in your space and you're wanting to amplify and and lift that individual up too so that's really awesome okay so dr sam fesich how would my listeners best engage with you after this interview because i know they're going to want to Absolutely. So you can find me on social media on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at SFESICH, S-F-E-C-I-C-H on both of those platforms. I also have a website, www.sfesich.com. See a theme here. I'm keeping it simple. Um, (laughs) You can also check out Edgy Magic on Amazon and... I also have a podcast by the same name, Edgy Magic. So I hope to um, hear from all of you. And I just want to, I just want to let you know that I love building my professional learning network and learning from everyone in it. So I look forward to connecting with all of you after this episode. That's awesome. And as my listeners know, I'll make sure to make it easy for you and link all of this up in the show notes, and uh, so that you can get a hold of that safely and quickly later. And Dr. Sam Fesich, I just want to thank you so much for brightening our day and providing this inspiring interview so that we can, um, you know, just kind of get a fresh take on teachers and hear what you're doing in the world to serve and amplify uh, this great profession. And I, and I so thank you for your time today. No, thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having this, this podcast, this, this way that people can express themselves. And you just have this amazing atmosphere in your, whenever I listen to your podcast, it's just, uh, it's just so calming and I truly enjoy it. Thank you for lifting up women in education. Well, you are so welcome. And thank you for being a part of it today. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.